0: You're listening to Crosspoint Community Church in LaGrange, Texas podcast. To learn more about Crosspoint Community Church, including service times, and how you can connect, please visit CrosspointChurchTX.org. A new me in 23. How many of y'all are feeling that? Yeah? Listen, my diet plan is working that I started, and I'm down two belt loops. So it's awesome. Yeah, it wasn't exactly how I thought it was going to happen, but here we are. I'm going to take it. All right. And uh, how many of y'all come, started this year thinking, hey, I'm going to get healthier. I'm going to exercise. I'm going to eat healthier. All of that. Show your hands. All right. Three of you. That's awesome. That's great. What's that? You start over every day. So do I. I think that's my problem. But, you know, we're in that time of year where we commit to more exercising, to eating healthier, losing weight, whatever that may be. And um, for some of you, it's like, hey, I'm going to drink less alcohol or no alcohol. I'm going to drink more water. All of these things are are good. They're not bad. They're not evil. It's 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 good for us to be intentional about looking at our physical wellness and how can we... Use the gift that God has given us with our physicalness to be able to to do the calling and to live out the life that he's given us. And so hopefully you're in that pattern. And and um, I, usually, I I do go to the gym know you can't tell, but I do go to the gym on a pretty regular basis. And it is funny, like the first couple of weeks of January, I don't go because there's so many people there and um, using machines incorrectly and doing all kinds of weird things. And so I just kind of stay away because um, I don't want to use them as sermon material. But, um, anyway, as a culture, one of the reasons, though, that we do this when we think about our physical health or our body image is because we live in a culture that's so focused. Um, on what we should look like or and how we should look or what how we should dress and all those different things. And so as we think about this new me in 23, we need to talk about our physical being because God has given us and we're to be stewards of that and and because he has a calling on our life. And so if you can't do some of the things that God wants you to do because you're not in the physical shape or whatever, then that's, you're missing out. And so what does it look like for us to be physically fit in the where we're at in the season of life to fulfill the calling that God has for us. And our theme verse is Romans chapter 12, verse two. And what I want you to get is this is you, if you haven't ever read Romans, if you have your Bibles, we're gonna be Romans chapter 12, verse two, but then we're going to spend most of our time in first Timothy, um, chapter four. And so as a culture, we have a tendency to be we we have a tendency to be shaped by the culture. And so if you haven't ever read Romans, Romans one through eleven is theology. Like Paul digs in and he just kind of rolls out like this is a theology course for the early church of who Jesus is and why Jesus and all this and stuff. And so it's really in-depth theology. And then in chapter 12, the very first word that he says is therefore. And so that word, therefore, is, hey, listen, all this theology, this is good stuff, you need to know it, you need to have it in your mind, you need to have experienced it. But because of all of this theology, therefore, this is how then it should impact your life and how you should live it out. And um, in view of God's mercies, as it says in verse 1, therefore, in view of God's mercies, we're to be living sacrifices. And that idea of being a living sacrifice is that, as you talked about, every single day, it's a new day. That every single, every single day, in view of God's mercies, we get up and we begin that day with saying, God, this is your day, not my day. This is your agenda, not my agenda. God, would you give me your eyes, not my eyes? And so that's what it means to be a living sacrifice. Because that's an interesting term that Paul would give us, to be a living sacrifice. Because a sacrifice is not living. By definition, but he says for us to die to ourselves daily means to get up on the altar and literally our entire being say, God, my mind, my heart, my soul, everything that I am is for you today. Now, in all honesty, I think many of us, we start our day that way, saying, God, today, this is your day. And then maybe by breakfast, our foot is off the altar saying, well, God, I have this little thing that I need to do or this little thing that I want to do. And then as we look back over the day, our process of how we do life because we're human is by the end of the day, many times we're fully off the altar and we're not giving everything or anything even to God. And it's become our agenda and our purpose and our vision and our needs and our wants and not his. And so that's why Paul says, in light of all this theology, every single day, give your life to God. And then he tells us in verse 2, because the natural tendency then is for us to be molded by, to be pressed in by the agenda of the world. That they're going to tell us how we should live, how we should look, how we should think, how we should spend our money, how we should do these different things. And instead of being molded and shaped by the world, that we should be molded and shaped by God's word. And so that's our theme verse for this series, and we'll dig in a little bit more to that. But what does it look like for us to be shaped by God's word in these different areas of our life, our spiritual life, our physical life, our financial life, our relationship life? What does it look like to be shaped by God's word in those areas, not by the world and their agenda and their purpose for us. Now one of the things that I did growing up as a kid is my parents uh, put me in a program at the YMCA in the town that I lived in. And so whether it was an after school program and even during the summer, I spent basically from kindergarten all the way up through sixth grade, maybe even seventh grade. I was a junior counselor or whatever. And so in this town... And uh, there was this workout room in the YMCA that you would go to. Now, not like a, like, didn't have like weights and all the different kind of stuff, but it was like a jazzercise room. Y'all remember jazzercise? I remember the ladies wearing the little knitted things. What, what is it? Leg warmers. There you go. Yeah. Leg warmers. I heard they're coming back. Moon boots are coming back. So for you, those of you that saved them, get them out. Um, these things come back, right? And so leg warmers. And so you'd see that whole jazzercise thing and all that stuff going on. And um, and when those, that wasn't happening, as a junior counselor, I snuck in with a couple of other guys and gals. We snuck into this room because there was some equipment in there that just was like, Befuddled me like why number one? Why is this equipment still here? Because it's stuff that I had seen in like movies like in the 30s and 40s of people going to the gym and and, and exercising and this is definitely way past the 30s and 40s. I'm into the into the 80s and 90s maybe and um, they were just kind of there and so. Um, I'm sure somebody said, "Hey, that equipment will come back." Maybe that's what it was, right? And so, um, anyway, so I walk into this room, and, and some of you are going to remember this stuff. So there were two pieces of equipment, and for sure, for real, that like I just had to try out. And one of them was this thing that it had. It was on a roller, so it would rotate, and it had rollers, wooden rollers on it with different sizes and shapes. And so you would sit on it, and you would turn it on, and as it was going. It was like, and it would vibrate your hiney, I guess. And jiggle out and work out and tense up whatever needed to be tensed up in there. I don't know. And so it was really funny. So we were just dying laughing, right? Trying not to get your shorts caught in because this is the day you had long shorts. Not to get your shorts caught in and fall over and stuff. And then there was this other really cool one that I probably need now. Is that you would put it in and have this long like band type thing. And would put it around you like... And I, I mean, we just had hours of fun. As a matter of fact, like our bosses, the counselors were looking for the junior counselors and they couldn't find us because we had locked ourselves in this room having a blast. Um, and they're just working out and I'm like, if this is what working out is, then I'm in, you know? Um, but anyway, so working out has changed a little bit, but there is this, it is interesting to think about how we have done and do things to try to get healthy. And the weird things that we do. And if we're just to take all the advice from the magazines and the internet and, and all that, then you would, you would try this so that this could happen. You know, if you eat enough cabbage soup, you'll lose weight. If you eat enough grapefruits, you'll taste like a grapefruit. I don't know. I mean, all the different things that we try and we do to get healthy because we want this little pill and we forget the fact that, hey, listen, you didn't get into the shape or the condition that you're in overnight. It's not going to be an overnight fix. So a new me in 23 is to, to be shaped by the word of God, not by the world. So let's look at Romans twelve two again. And it says this, this is the Phillips translation of the New Testament. It's a. Um, kind of a word by word if you've the message or something like that so kind of gives us a different purview of the verse don't let the world around you scree- squeeze you into its old mode mold and so you can see the old spelling of mold and again it's this idea of the world pressing us in and shaping it so that because the world wants us to look and act and think and and do life like they do because it gives them some semblance of this is our agenda for us but here Paul says, but instead of being squeezed into the shape and the mold and thinking of the world, let ourselves be remolded, remolded by the renewing of your mind, by a new mind from within, so that you may prove in practice by the way that you live your life that the plan for God for you is good. And whenever God created, right, in Genesis chapter 1, every time he creates something, he would step back and he would say, it is good. And so for us to be reminded that everything that we're putting into practice, all of this theology that we're putting into practice, when we practice it, it is good because it's life changing for us, not from the outside, from, but from the inside. And all of this meets all of his demands and moves us toward the goal of true maturity. So what does it look like for us? A new me in 23. That maybe one of your agenda items is to get in better shape, to have better fitness, however you want to say it. But to keep these things in perspective, to not be shaped by the magazine articles, to not be shaped by the photoshopped and all the filters and all the different things that people do, but to have an agenda to be healthier, so that we can fulfill the calling of God upon our life. So, looking at First Timothy chapter four verse seven, here Timothy. It's the same Timothy that we talked about last week in 2 Timothy chapter 3. And again, Timothy is the pastor of the church of Ephesus. And in the church of Ephesus... One of the main ways of worship was the fertility cult, and women were a big part of that. And so physical beauty was a huge part of that culture, that they would have their, their models as well. And physical beauty was a big thing. And so here Paul is again talking to Timothy, training him up. And one of the things that he's continually telling him is to make sure that you share the gospel that is real and true, and that people understand that the gospel is real and true so that they can counter it and know that anything is counterfeit. Just like our police officers and everybody that deals with money, one of the things that they do is they study the real thing so that they can quickly tell what a counterfeit is. And here Paul is using that same language again with Timothy in chapter 4 of First Timothy, the church at Ephesus. And so here's what he says. Do not waste time over arguing over godless ideas and old wives' tales. In other words, it's real easy in church to get divided over menial things that's real easy to get divided over this or to that or hey do you think about what do you think about this or what do you think about that and it's real easy to get moved by these things and get off of the main thing now remember that in the church in ephesus there were a lot of people coming to know christ and they were coming out of cults and so they were coming out of this fertility cult they were coming out of a cult called gnosticism where it was believed that the body was Evil, And so, therefore, God wouldn't have incarnated, wouldn't have physically been. Jesus wasn't physically present. He would have not because God would not have been in a body because the body is evil. And so all these different things, these teachings are going on. And so here Paul is reminding Timothy, make sure that your people don't get caught up in and don't waste time in all these extra things. Be focused on the real thing. Romans 1 through 11, the gospel of Christ, the real true thing. Don't get caught up in that. So instead of getting caught up in those things, train yourself to be godly. Now that word train is the word that we have today called gymnasium. Any of y'all ever heard of that or been to one of those things? Okay. So this is a, and so gymnasium was a place even back then where particularly men would go and they would train and they would do physical things so they could become elite athletes. They could be in shape. And I went to one of these things this past year in Israel, a Roman place where they had a gymnasium and they had the whole Like bathroom thing, and there were like all these potties lined up. It was a really cool place. And to think about, put yourself back in that place and to see all the different things that these guys were doing to get into shape. And it was a big part of their culture because physical beauty meant something even back then. So physical training is good, but training for godliness is much better. Promising benefits in this life and in the life to come. So here was what Paul is telling Timothy. Train yourself. Get yourself physically fit. There's benefit to that. There's benefit to exercise. But that benefit is only short term. Understanding that this life is not forever, but the life that we will have forever is with God. And so, train yourself physically. That's important. But the most important physical training, the most important training that we need is not physical, but spiritual. Train yourself to be godly. So, what are some of the popular myths? that we deal with, that they dealt with, that we deal with today, is my looks determine my value. Have you ever heard that or seen that? I mean, we kind of deal with that today. My looks determine my value. I think teenagers in particular deal with that. They filter things over and over and over again. Why? So that because their value is determined by how they look or how they think people perceive them to look. Or I must look like this person in this magazine or this movie or this TikTok thing or whatever it may be that you see people, a new look comes out and guess what happens? Everything kind of shifts that way. And so, again, that's the world pressing us in that we have to look like that to, to be able to, to fit in. That this celebrity's diet will work for me. None of us have ever fallen for that, right? Now you're laughing maybe because it has. I don't know. Um, that slim equals healthy. That's actually a, a misnomer. I mean, obviously you want to be physically fit, but slim doesn't necessarily mean that you're healthy. I mean, there's so many more myths that we could sit here and talk about. We could spend days doing this. But I want to show you a couple of verses that talk about our vanity and how that's natural. It says this in 1 Samuel 16. The Lord doesn't see things the way you see them, Thankfully. People judge by outward appearance, but the Lord looks at the what? The heart, the inner being. Train yourself to be godly. This is uh, Psalm 119. It says this. You, God, made all the delicate inner parts of my body and knit me together in my mother's womb. This is that detail work, right? So God doesn't make junk. God doesn't make mistakes. He's made a -a one-of-a-kind masterpiece in you. Thank you, God, for making me wonderfully complex. When is the last time you've looked in the mirror and said, Thank you for making this wonderfully complex being. Most of the time it's like, Can I find an outfit that hides this? Or does this? Maybe that's the verse you need to put up on your mirror. As God, thank you for making me a wonderfully complex piece of workmanship. How well that I know it. You watched me as I was being formed in utter seclusion. As I was woven together in the darkness of the womb, you saw me before I was born. Now listen, he saw you before you were born, and if he thought that you weren't going to be what he wanted you to be, what would he do? He would maybe change something. But he saw you before you were born and said, boop poked your little belly button, said you're done, you're perfect. Exactly what I need. God is not surprised by your body type, your composition, your mind. God made you and said you are good. So maybe put that verse up and be reminded, God, you didn't make a mistake in me. Yes, there's some things that I can grow and improve in, but you are not surprised, and you love me just as I am. Maybe. I'm having technical difficulties. Can you push the next slide for me, Eric? Stop working all of a sudden. Oh, yeah, hey. Well, today is over. Dear Lord, bless you and keep you. <laughs> Uh, there we go. All right. So physical training is good, but training for godliness is much better. Promising the benefits in this life and a life to come. The next, next slide. All right. So what does it look like to be healthy? I'm going to give you quick ones. Reduce the risk of heart disease. Reduce the risk of and di- uh, diabetes. Optimize your muscle strength and joint function and structure. There's mental health benefits. I mean, one of the things that we're constantly learning is just getting out and doing a five minute or ten minute walk refreshes your mind and lets you, um, kind of get a, capture a new thing. There's improved physical, mental, emotional well-being just from doing some different things. And, um, what does it look like for us to, to go out and just be physical for a few moments and um, i'm told you know in the old days it was smoking was the bad thing now we're told sitting is the new uh smoking right so just get up and move around and physical training is good but spiritual training is better and so what does this godliness look like it's an idea that we have a reverence and a fear and a respect for the things of god that as we are trying to be shaped by his word and by his agenda, not being shaped by the agenda of the world. And so godliness isn't something that whenever you say yes to Jesus, that just naturally comes. It's not just something that you're born with. It's not something that comes automatically as a Christian, but you must actually train yourself to grow in this area. And so that's why we talk about, hey, you have to, just as you have life habits and you reap the rewards of what you've sown in your life habits, you also reap the rewards of what you sow in your spiritual life. And so if. We say that we want to grow in our relationship with God. One of the ways that we do that is that we spend time with him. So we open up his word on a regular basis and we ingest his food. The word of God says it is the bread of life to us, that it gives us life, that it changes us, that it transforms us. And so it's food that we ingest from the inside and it transforms our appetite. It transforms the things that we used to want and we used to gravitate toward. Now they look like junk food, and now we begin to gravitate toward the things that are healthier for us. And not that those things are necessarily even bad, but now there are better things that we're drawn to. And that's this this movement of being godly and the discipline of an elite athlete. An elite athlete gives up things because they have a goal and they have an agenda. They give up relationships. They give up. Foods, they give up time, and they give up a lot of things. If they want to be the elite athlete and get to where they want to go, they are willing to count the cost and give up some things because they have an agenda and a goal to get there. And so Paul is using this language with us. He says, listen, it's good for us to have some physical exercise and to do those things, but... As followers of Jesus, our number one goal, our number one agenda is to be godly in such a way that as we are doing life and develop the habits that people around us see in us something different and they want what we've got. Now imagine a culture like Ephesus where most of the culture is going to a fertility cult, where most of the the new Christians are are struggling with this thing of they don't even know really who Jesus is. And so for someone to begin to walk in godliness and begin to look and act and think and love like Jesus, how radical that would be. And people would be like, I want that. I want the freedom that they have. I want to have the grace that they have. I want to live in that. And that's what Paul is Talking about so that he wanted the people that came within Timothy's church to live these things out. So people say that is true Christianity. That is true faith in Christ. All this other stuff is counterfeit. That is real. But for that to take root in us means consistent habits, becoming an elite athlete for Jesus so that people around us can see it. Physical training is good. But training for godliness is much better. Promising benefits in this life, but also in the life to come. We think about that training. What does it look like for us to be trained in the church life? What does it look like for you to flesh that out? A couple of things. Actually, more than a couple of things. Study God's word. Prayer. This thing here that we call corporate worship. Getting in a group where you have some deep fellowship that you know who your people are. That you know that, hey, I've got somebody at 2 o'clock in the morning. If stuff hits the fan, I can call that person that you have that kind of deal. Here's one of the things that we have a tendency nowadays more and more to shy away from for some reason. But to be a mature adult means we can reproduce. You follow me? And so mature Christians should actually be reproducing. That means we should be as mature Christians sharing our faith story in such a way, living our faith story in such a way that people are drawn to what's happening in our life. And we should be reproducing other new baby Christians. That's actually maturity. And I think for. We have a tendency to lean into the gift of evangelism that, hey, Chris has a gift of evangelism or John has a gift of evangelism. Yes, that's true. But that doesn't remove the responsibility for us to share our faith and to live our life and to help be a part of the process of new babies being born. We're also called to serve what you're gifted and how you're gifted to be able to serve in that way. Also, the T3s that we call time, talent and treasures. God has blessed you in some ways. And how do you use those things? And then. The one I know we don't talk about a whole lot is church discipline. In a family, mommy and daddy, what do you do? When something goes awry, you discipline, you correct and all that. And so in a church family, there are times where discipline needs to happen. And we, we, have, we do it. Y'all don't necessarily know about it. But it happens because we love and we care, and we want people to walk in this path of godliness. And so what does it look like for us to be trained in godliness, to live out our faith, especially in a busy world, right? We have all these different options, and what does it look like for us to live out our faith in this world? It says this, Psalm 1, Oh, the joys of those who do not follow the advice of the wicked, or stand around with the sinners, or join in with the mockers. But they delight in the law of the Lord, meditating on it day and night. They're like trees planted along the riverbank, bearing fruit each season. Their leaves never wither, and they prosper in all they do. A life shaped by God's word over a life shaped by the world. This coming week, as you look in the mirror, maybe put that verse up. I'm wonderfully made. That's the view and the perspective that God has for you. I don't make junk. I don't make seconds. I don't make leftovers. I don't have clearance items. You are one of a kind, beautiful, masterpiece, unique works of art. Put that up and remind yourself. And maybe as you go through the Walmart line and the HEB line and there's pictures that you know that have been Photoshopped, maybe you just turn those magazines around and say, that's not my view. That's not God's view of me. So in your pursuit of health, as you think about pursuing this, make sure that your pursuit of health is not an idol. Listen, that's one of the things that I love at the gym, is watching people take off their shirts and, you know, do all the little shape-shifting things that they do. I'm like, that's awesome. That's really cool. You're 24, that's great. Wait till you get to 28 and it just stops, right? Don't make it an idol. I mean, you can consume a lot of time in doing that. Pursue health for your life calling. Like, just ask yourself the question, if God were to call me to do X, could I do it? Could I do it? And sometimes for us, for us it's, no, I can't. I can't crawl through the jungles of Thailand to share the gospel because I'm not in the physical position to be able to do that. Make exercise one of your commitments because we know that there's benefit. The world gives us wisdom that there are multitude of benefits from being healthy and exercise. So just honor God through your health in that way. And think long-term. Think about what would it look like for me to be 80, 90, 100 and be on Good Morning America, whatever it is, is because I've been thinking the long-term in my physical life, but more importantly in my spiritual life, and I leave a wake of godliness that there's a legacy that i have a tree a family tree maybe i only have two two kids of my own but i have a family tree of thousands of babies that have been born because i pursued god in that life pursue spiritual health over physical health one of the things that i've been thinking about is in coming into 23 and i'm not getting younger if you haven't noticed is what does it look like, and we're about to be empty nesters. And so one of the questions that I've been asking, and I've been asking my wife, is what does it look like for us to live life together without kids? Because in many ways, they're much part of our agenda. We go to this and do this and do that, or don't do this or do that because of the kids. And um, this summer, we were actually together on a little trip. And I looked at her, and I was like, "Do do we even like each other enough to keep doing this? I mean, it's jokingly, but a serious question of have we become so wrapped up in the agenda of our kids and of the world things that we don't even know each other is the question, right? And we laughed about it, but that deal is like, Hey, listen, I want us to begin to explore. What are some things that we can do together? And so one of the things that we've been talking about is um, one aligning our schedules so we can actually see each other, which would be nice. Occasionally, um, And then when we do that, to be able to begin to exercise together and to probably walk together. And one of the things that I thought about over these last few weeks is walking is a very much a metaphor, I guess you could say. Walking with God is definitely a metaphor. And so this idea of us walking together. And that what would it look like for, for Becky and I to walk together and to have this moment? But more importantly, those moments of just walking and being able to talk. And that God, all throughout the Old Testament in particular, talks about this idea of us walking with him. And that we have an intention of that there's a path that we're walking along. But most importantly, in the midst of that walking, that we're talking and he's talking to us and he's shaping us. And there's a deepening of the relationship. And there's two guys in the Old Testament, Enoch and Noah... That were known for their walk with God. That how they were described wasn't about, hey, there's this boat or Enoch was this really good preacher or whatever. It was known as their final epitaph. The thing on their tombstone was this. They walked with God. And it sounds so simple. But it's a powerful thing to be able to think is that when people think of you at the end of your days, or even today when they think of you, that they think of you as someone that they go, that person, that Chris, that John, that Paul, that Sally. They walk with God. That'd be a great notion of our character is that we're known as walking with God. That's what this passage is about. In First Timothy chapter four, verse seven. There's paths in life. The path that Paul Paul wants us to move on, the path that Paul is pushing us into is this path of Jesus that we're known as people who have walked with God. And that when people think of us, they know of us as godly people, one, because we've walked with God, but because of the wake that we've left behind of good things and the babies that have been born because of the way that we walked and the way that we lived. Instead of the things that are behind us. So this year, as you commit to exercising and getting fit, not just physically but spiritually, may that be on your mind. God, I'm not going to let the world set the agenda for what beauty is. I'm going to find it in you and you alone. And I want to be known as someone who walks with God. Let's pray together. Father, there are all sorts of paths in life that we can follow. And many of those paths are extremely busy and full of things to do and full of distractions. And Father, I pray for each one in this room is that they are following the path that you have set before them. And as followers of Jesus, that path leads to you every single day, every single moment. That path leads directly to you. And so, Father, on that journey, I pray that we would just we would lean into that, that we would talk with you, that we would just do life with you in such a way that as people see us and come in contact with us, that they just, they just know that there's something different about us because we're walking with you, we're talking with you, you're shaping us. You're letting us dine at your table. And the food that you provide for us is different than the food that the world provides for us. And so, Father, that we're being shaped from the inside out. We're being transformed in our mind, in our heart, and our soul, in our eyes, and in our mouth. In the way that we love, and the way that we adult, the way that we do conversations. And that, Father, that we are more for people than we are for against. And Father, instead of finding faults in others, that we find the beauty marks. The things that make people uniquely, distinctly themselves in you. Because when you made us and you made our neighbors, you did not make mistakes. You made one of a piece. One of a kind masterpieces. And, Father, I pray that you would give us those eyes to see the beauty in the people around us. And maybe some of the things that maybe annoy us about some people are the beauty marks of how you've made them. May you be honored in the way that we walk and talk this week. It's in your son's name that we pray. Amen. Thank you for joining us for the Crosspoint Community Church Podcast. It is our prayer that this message was encouraging to you as you follow Jesus. For more about Cross Point Community Church, you can find us online at crosspointchurchtx.org. Have a great week.